So in this episode of Partial Remission, we are going to be talking about anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and suicide. All right. So we're talking about um, realizing when you need help and when to ask for help. And Nicole and I have our super good friend Maida here. Hello. Um, Maida also goes to school with us. Yes. And do you want to talk about what you study? Uh, I study biological chemistry and Spanish, so I'm not physics. Okay. Unfortunately, physics. Yeah, <laughs> but fellow STEM, yes, oriented STEM. person. Yes. So, um, so we were kind of all three of us talking about, um, like realizing kind of like at what point we figured that like therapy would probably be good for mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. um, or like that something was really wrong. I think Nicole, you kind of had a unique experience with that. Yeah, I like the realization that something was like wrong was very gradual for me. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, it was definitely very gradual, but I, like, have this very distinct memory of, um, I was tested for, like, learning disabilities, like, a lot later than most people are. I was, like, mm-hmm. tested in, like, either my sophomore or, like, junior year of high school or something like that, mm-hmm. and I remember, like, being in the car, like, on the way over, and a family member who had, like, also recently taken the test was driving me, and she said to me, she was like, oh, you know, Nicole, like, at the end, they ask you these really weird questions. <laughs> they were, like, she's, and she, like, told me some of them, and some of them were, like, like, are you unhappy with yourself? Or, like, you know, like, <laughs> so those types of questions. And she was, like, yeah, she was, like, it was really weird, but just answer them anyway. And so I, like, pre-going into that, I already knew that they were going to do some sort of, like, psychiatric-type evaluation mm-hmm. at the end. And I remember, like, When it came to that portion of the test, I remember reading those questions and then just being like, well, I have to lie on these, like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, like if I like answer yes to the question of like, do you want to kill yourself? Then like, obviously something was going to happen and something was wrong with me and I was weird for Mm -hmm. having to answer this, like Mm -hmm. answering like this question in a way that people don't want me to answer the question, you know? And so I don't know, there was a lot of like, I, I felt like I needed to lie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and it, like, kind of sounds like your family member right. set you up to do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But do you think that you would have answered it any differently if that setup hadn't happened? I think that it made it... I don't, I don't know, actually. I don't know that I would have answered it differently, mm-hmm. but I think it made me more aware of the fact that it was, like, weird. Different. Yeah, or just, yeah. like, it wasn't okay Mm-hmm. that I was thinking the things that I was thinking, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, when you fill out those forms now, how do you... Oh my gosh. <laughs> <Has> that <ever? laughs> Well, now, like... Those lovely... I know, the lovely, so like, <laughs> the questions at the beginning. I try to be more honest. It's not always more honest, yeah. you know, but, like, I think now that I understand that there is a social stigma around having mental health issues, but also, like, fuck that. I'm kind of, like, <laughs> I should answer more honestly because, yeah. like, I, I should. And, like, I'm seeing people that should be helping me and should know, like, how I'm actually thinking and what I'm actually feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have this experience, but, like, when you go to, um, like, see a counselor and you, like, fill out that little form and they have, like, a tracker of how you're yeah. doing, like, over the weeks yeah. and then, like, some of them just, like, go into the red box yeah. <laughs> and then they're, like, how are you doing with this? <laughs> like, you marked off a couple of red boxes. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, like, well, like, don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
<laughs> I've definitely also accidentally answered it wrong, and so oh, there no. had red boxes that like weren't intended to be red, mm. and then the therapist. Said, I thought we were trending in a good direction. <laughs> That's not how this works, really. But yeah, like that you, was a lie too. Did you like switch <laughs> up the like? like oh, sorry. Strongly. Yeah, they just give you so many, and then it's like, do you strongly agree or strongly disagree? And then right. somehow that gets convoluted in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Strongly disagree becomes strongly agree, and suddenly they're very, very concerned. Very concerned, yeah. very suddenly. Yeah, mine, mine always would, like, print out yeah. the thing and, like, show them to yeah. me. And right. like, Here is your trend, and I'm like, thanks, I remember. Yeah. Right. Just answered this. Or something also um, really, our, our school has, like, this program where you can see a psychiatrist over Skype, and they have you, like, print out this, oh, yeah, like, form. And then, and I so, didn't know that. Yeah, and so that you, like, print out your answers, and then... And like when you go in to see the person, you have to hold up your piece of paper so she can screenshot it and like yeah. analyze it. She <laughs> prints it off there. And she no, prints it off with like no. it right in front of you. And so you're just holding this form with like like checking the boxes it's of like, like I feel like shit. Lineups, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, because they can't scan it and send it to her. It's, it's too like complex. you doing it. It's kind of hilarious, but also kind of like I don't know. It's kind it's of very comical. weird. Because <laughs> Deb's always like a little to the left. Yeah. Right. I don't know. Closer. I just don't want my like face, my like yeah. eyes to be like, out of the corner. The printed image. Yeah. <laughs> your fingertips yeah. and your eyes. Uh, so like, I don't know. Did you have you guys felt like other stigma surrounding like kind of telling people in your community or like families like was that a significant barrier towards like figuring out that you needed to talk to someone probably I think for me I come from a family that's very may I feel like supportive isn't a fantastic word to use but very uh familiar with therapy mostly for anxiety which is something that I have not been diagnosed with but I think that that made it easier when it was time to go to therapy just to say they said I should go and then there was a okay like we'll set that up your sisters are doing these people like maybe you could look for someone like that so I think I had a good experience in that sense just in that my family was familiar with reaching out for help and so Mm -hmm. me being the last of the women in my family to talk to a therapist it was I think, very accepted. Mm -hmm. But I know that that's kind of rare. Yeah. I think it, like, really depends on, like, what... Mm. Yeah, it depends a lot because, like, I know... So that's so great that your family was so open Mm -hmm. to, like, you going and, like, seeing a therapist. My family is not at all open to it. Like, they still completely deny that I have anything wrong with me at all. And so I remember, like, the first time that I ever brought up, like, the fact that I'm depressed to my mom, and she has in the past also been diagnosed with depression, and she, like, was upset about it, because she's like, that's not true, I'm not sad, I don't need to see anyone, nothing's wrong with me, and, like, I don't know if that's actually true or not, but... She was very much like, this is stupid, whatever, this is dumb, I hate it. And so when I brought it up to her, she was like, not, she, like, in her mind, I think that the idea of, like, mental illness or depression in particular is, like, 
a negative thing that she doesn't want associated with her. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, she doesn't want it associated with anyone in her family. So, like, it sounds like we all have pretty varied, like, family experiences, but are there any other, like, sources that you guys have kind of dealt with? I think personally, in my experience with this, we go to a school that's very aware of mental yeah. health. Um, and it's a pretty safe and comfortable environment to talk about these things but Mm -hmm. one thing that I definitely struggled with was the stigma of mental illness that I placed on myself because for so long I was always fine and I was always the one that was fine and that was such a huge part of my identity that I think being Mm -hmm. labeled as stable was something that became very confining just in that I wasn't Mm -hmm. allowed to have these bad days outwardly but then also that became something that I felt inwardly and when I went to the psychiatrist and was being diagnosed she said well you have disordered eating and I was like I yeah obviously and then she says and I think you also have depression and I was just like there's no way because I think that Society puts out this image of a depressed person, which is what you see in these commercials, where people are lying in their beds and just (laughs) can't get up, which is some days, but it's not every day. And I just felt like the psychiatrist was saying something to say something so that I was satisfied and had a label Mm. for these things. And so it definitely took me a long time to rationalize that with myself. And I think that really impacted how I talked to other people about it because it was something I personally was embarrassed about. Mm -hmm. And so it was embarrassing for me and it still is embarrassing for me to like tell my friends about if I'm having a bad day. Like Mm -hmm. I will be shut up in my room and I know it's just like one text to get someone to come and like check in on me. But that's terrifying and just such like in my mind still a sign of weakness Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that makes total sense I don't know yeah I'm very much like I guess it's kind of combined with like family as well but like was so much like a I control my own outlook on the world Mm -hmm. and like if I can't like get myself out of a down spot that's somehow like a personal failure Mm -hmm. to like deal with it correctly and adequately and it, like, took me forever to get to the point where it's, like, well, actually, it's just, like, chemicals in my brain that, like, aren't functioning correctly. Mm-hmm. So there's, right. like, nothing that I can, like, mentally do to, like, get past that necessarily, like, in the moment. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I guess there's, like, this very huge, neg- like, narrative of, like, people who are just, like, not have- not doing well, but then they, like, persevere and, right. like, have this, mm-hmm. like, positive outcome and, like, they went and actually, like, got life mm-hmm. and, like, that very much was, like, in the forefront of my mind for how I should be dealing with things mm-hmm. for a long time, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. And still, like, I still feel like it's, sometimes I could be doing more, which, like, I hate that so much but I I I know what you mean yeah and like I think something that Maida was saying that really resonated with me was like the idea of you know like I get embarrassed Mm -hmm. about the way that I feel because like this isn't like the way or at least I don't know I feel like the way that I feel isn't like quote-unquote normal Mm -hmm. you know like what is that that's stupid anyway but (laughs) (laughs) that's a different conversation but 
you know, like, I feel like I shouldn't be feeling this way. And so I feel like admitting that I feel the way that I feel is, like, wrong or bad. Or, like, like it's sometimes, like, I have a lot of trouble asking for help even in, like, the littlest ways of sending a text. Like, Mm -hmm. in, like, when you're having a really shitty day, like, sending a text being like, hey, can you come up and sit with me for two minutes? It sounds like it's such a simple thing to do, but it's impossible. No, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it's just like, what are they going to think? Like, am I making a big deal out of this when it's not a big deal? Like, and, like, every single thought goes through your head and it just, like, feels like it's impossible to, to ask. And I think the funny thing is... If someone were to send me that text, I would drop everything and go. Yeah. Yeah. And so one thing through this whole process that's been really interesting for me is that I realize I have a lot... I'm so hard on myself in that these are things that I would do for someone else, but suddenly they're not acceptable for me to do, like, to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And that dissonance and just that, like, it's a form of disrespect, honestly, I feel to myself Mm -hmm. and also to other people because I know my friends would gladly come. And it's one thing that I frequently try and phrase this as is it's a privilege to help other people. So you should share that privilege if you're sad or like feeling Mm -hmm. bad. But that's just so much easier said than done. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And I and I like totally agree with you. And I think you like talked to us a little bit about that before, like what you were saying about like it's a privilege to help and like to be helped. And I never thought about it that way until you said that to me. And it like made me realize that that's so that's really powerful. And like that's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Mm-hmm. And because it's true, like if I got that text message, I. I have gotten those text messages and literally (laughs) dropped everything and ran to, like, wherever I needed to go, right? And, like, it is kind of almost self-centered in the way of, like, it makes me feel good when I help people, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, obviously, like, it probably makes other people feel good when they're helping me, but it's, like... And, like, recognizing that and, like, recognizing, like, that you're helping... Like, I don't know. Like, at least that's, like, you mentioned that and mm-hmm. it made me think mm-hmm. of, like, oh, maybe I am in some weird convoluted way helping other people if I ask them for help because mm-hmm. they'll feel better, too. Right. Also, just, like, whatever works, yeah. you know, in the moment to, like, right. get you to actually, <laughs> yeah. like, ask for what yeah. you need. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think, like, at least for me, too, like, with the... Especially when I'm, like, reaching out to other people is that, like in this moment, like, this isn't actually that bad. Like, I don't actually have anything. Or, like, I'll have the experience where I'll, like, reach out to a friend and they'll come, like, come try to help and just be like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And you're like, well, like, that's kind of the point is that nothing is wrong. And it's like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, like, it's not, like, anyone's fault for not knowing that when they come because it just, like, makes sense to ascribe, like, a reason to how you're feeling. But it's, like, such a frustrating thing to be, like, well, like, you can't do anything because there's nothing you can do mm-hmm. because there's nothing that we can, like, talk through that will make this better. Yeah. Or, yeah, and so, like, kind of having, like, I have great friends who will, like, come and just, like, sit without needing to talk about, like, what's going right. on. But I also feel like it can be frustrating for people to, like, not have something to fix when you ask mm-hmm. for that. And I think it's, like, complicated to kind right. of have that relationship where the person knows that it's kind of just, they can chill there right and And, like that's something that I even find difficult to do too like I knowing that like sometimes like I can't talk about what's going on or like I don't want to or like I don't know what's wrong that I just like 
am super anxious or super depressed and just like am that way. And like, even though I know that, like, I still catch myself sometimes, like, when I'm supporting other people of being like, well, what's wrong? And like, and like, and then I'm like, catch myself. And I'm like, why did I do that? Because like, I know yeah. that, like, that question is like, not a great question to ask in those situations all the time, you yeah. know? And like, so like, I also recognize that if I ever ask for help from someone that I try not to get like upset or offended if like, that's what like they ask me. Right. And then I try to explain to them like, oh, that's not really how it works, but I recognize what you were doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One thing that I have done with my sisters is when I was kind of explaining all this to them, I said, if I come to you and I feel like this, I think it would be beneficial if you say this. And then one thing that frequently helps me when I'm feeling depressed is to go to the gym and just have, like, a kick-ass workout (laughs) and just sweat it off and try and, like, kind of reset um, through hard work. And so they'll be like, go to the gym, or, like, let's go to the gym together, Mm -hmm. or just a reminder. Because these are things that when I'm feeling all right, I know I should do, and, like, that is the game plan that I have if I'm feeling down Mm -hmm. but in the moment I don't want to leave my room like I don't Mm -hmm. want people to know that I've been crying for the last four hours Mm -hmm. and my face is a mess and it's just interesting how the plan doesn't always carry through right yeah but so I guess my question is like it's great that you have like you know that you have this thing like exercise that makes you feel better but like at what point did you realize that it was like exercise isn't enough or like doing this isn't enough like Mm -hmm. at what point did you or like you Jill like realize that it was like this is something that I need to go talk to a professional about and not just something that I can like deal with on my own I think for me there was one day in particular I had throughout the summer been cycling through these it seemed like three day bad periods and then there'd be pretty good times and then it would just be really bad and I was like it's something with my menstruation (laughs) Um, but then it just didn't like I kind of looked at it and it just didn't match up and I realized something was different but I was abroad last semester and so I thought it was just that I was having a difficult time adjusting to being back home but it was also persisting for so long and I had a very easy transition in other senses um but there was one day this summer where I was just talking to my mom about how I wanted to go to med school and she just said just be sure like this is what you wanted to do and I was already kind of in one of these downward moods Mm -hmm. and it just set me off and I went off to my room and I was very upset and I was crying and then everything just kept spiraling out of control and before I knew it I had been up in my room crying for about four hours and my dad came and knocked on my door and he's like you look miserable I am miserable and I don't know why and it makes me more miserable because I have a very good life like great home life I have great friends Mm -hmm. I'm passionate about what I'm studying but something just wasn't lining up and it was so alarming And I just, in that moment, kind of put the pieces together that... Because I've always been someone who's suggested therapy just Mm -hmm. because my sisters and my mom have all done it and it's worked 
for them or helped them through the, their stuff. Mm-hmm. But I never thought that I would need it, even though I've always said everyone needs therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of myself from that narrative. True. And I was sitting in my room after like half a day of just uncontrollable sobbing and like just this feeling of shittiness and I was like I need to talk to a doctor and then that in itself was a relief mm-hmm. but then I went and they were like well you should get like an actual therapist to talk about this and I there were three times that I dialed the phone number and hung up before I actually made the appointment and this yep. was over like yep. two or three weeks <laughs> And my mom would be like, have you called yet? And I was like, I tried. (laughs) Run off. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that was, there there was a very recent and very distinct moment where I realized that I had to take ownership of this and Mm -hmm. do something about it. I think we all three kind of have different experiences of, like, that kind of initial realization. Mm Because, like, it sounds like you, it was more like a stronger comparison between, like, okay and not okay. Yeah, yeah. I think because this stuff had been slowly accumulating, but I still knew what, quote-unquote, normal for me felt like, and this was Mm -hmm. not it. So I had that to compare against, and it was just very clear something was off, but I wasn't sure what or like how right. to go about steering back in the right direction mm-hmm. right yeah. I think for me it's always kind of been weird because I've been like very high functioning and so yeah. like I do well in school and mm-hmm. I like stuff like so like when I would go see therapists like I've been dealing with this for such a long time that I like have the coping skills kind of put in to make me seem normal and functional I'm right. still like very depressed and very like miserable and that's a good word I think. <laughs> like I'm like very much like that and have like those periods but like I'm good enough at faking it by mm-hmm. now that like right. I seem pretty okay to a lot of people right. and so like you and I had almost the exact same experience yep. because we like went to a therapist at our school yep and we were like okay well we're sad and they were like <laughs> okay well here are things you can do or like we are anxious here are things you could do and then it was like oh but like I'm doing those already yep figured that out on my own it's like okay well <laughs> yeah cool and then so mm-hmm. the thing that the thing that I was so upset about because like I went to a therapist and or at like at our school I went to go talk to someone for the first time ever and like told them everything that was like going on and they were like oh so you know like what do you do to like when you're super anxious or super depressed like what do you like what are your coping strategies and I like told this person and then she just goes oh yeah seems like you've got it all figured out like you got all the strategies like you're you're great you're fine and I was like if I was fine I wouldn't be here and they kind of just brushed me off yeah and they were like oh well you you seem like you're fine like you're you're doing great and I was like no I'm not I'm not doing great honestly though that point for me when that meeting like when that appointment happened and I came out very frustrated because I was like I kind of had a switch from like I need to go from like day-to-day damage control in Mm -hmm. terms of like figuring out how to deal with this to like long term like this is not how I want to like live my life Mm day-to-day not having to like use these strategies so Mm -hmm. like in a way yes that (laughs) that experience is very frustrating when I had a similar one but like 
at this, like, for me, that was a big turning point of, like, this isn't something I can deal with temporarily. It's, like, a deep, more deep, like, I need someone to, like, spend, like, <laughs> hours going through my family history to, like, figure out why I'm fucked up. Like, right. that would be nice. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think high functioning can get in the way of, like, kind of realizing that's a big problem. Because it took me forever to, like, actually was like, everyone else thinks I'm fine. I must be fine. Right. right. So. Exactly. Or, like, I had one time in high school, um, we were, I was in a health class, and, like, we were doing a mental health unit. And some, and our teacher was talking about, his gym teacher, you know, poor gym teachers have to <laughs> teach health. My gosh. No idea what they were talking about. But so they were doing, like, a section about, like, a, um, intrusive thoughts. And they were saying, like, oh, yeah, everyone always, like, has, like, weird thoughts, like, and, like, thinks, like, oh, I, maybe, like, I should kill myself. And then everyone goes, ah, nah, that's a silly idea, you know? <laughs> and, like, and, like, that's how it was presented to me. And then so, like, me as a person who, like, actually very regularly thought about killing myself didn't realize that, like, that was something that wasn't, like, okay or something that wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. Or, and then, like... Finally, when I got to, like, the point where I was, like, oh, yeah, this isn't just, like, a, like, a crazy, like, oh, wouldn't that be weird? Or, like, you know, and then it became a more, like, apparent thing that it was, like, something that was actually going on in my life. I then had to, like, I then went through, like, another denial period of when, of where I was going, like, oh, but I'm not actually going to kill myself, so it's fine. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not going to do it, so it's okay. Which is like not um, great. Yeah, it's not an optimal. Way no, to definitely at not. All. Yeah, and yeah. it didn't like honestly. That's not like it. It's like I didn't realize, or I didn't actually fully recognize that that was not an okay way to think until like college, and that had been years at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and so like this process of like realizing that it's like this isn't okay can be a really long process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It also can be a really short process. You know, it depends for everyone. Yeah. I think it's also hard to see what or how you should be feeling. Because I think one thing you touched on, Jill, was that you get kind of good at faking things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's always hard to see what people are actually feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I had a lot of trouble with was are my thoughts any worse than just what normal people experience. Yeah. Quote, unquote, normal. Yes. Right. Oh my gosh, Experience. Yes. Is this just me having a bad day? Is this mm-hmm. something, like, is this just a phase? Yeah. And it's hard to know when to draw the line and say, past this point, we need to work on something. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you're just a, a slight deviation from the norm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We use way too many science metaphors. I don't like it. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Science is great. Also a helpful way of thinking about brains. Definitely. I mean, yes. I think it's kind of, because I am like biochem and pre-med, I understand or have like touched on a lot of my studies how the brain works and kind of the Mm -hmm. molecular way that depression supposedly works and it's amazingly I don't want to belittle the process and call it simple 
but these are such minuscule processes that it's amazing how big the impact they have is. Right. This is just a chemical imbalance. Right. And it's throwing me off. And And it's not our fault. It's terrifying. But there is a sense of liberation in that because it's not me just being an apathetic and shitty friend. Like, I don't care, not because I'm a bad person, but because my brain is misfiring. Right. And that's nice. Yeah, it is really nice. (laughs) Yeah. So, Nicole and now Maida, we've done this for every episode, fixing the issue that we set out to fix. Always fixing. So, especially because we both have, com- like, we all have completely different experiences. Yes. Right. Now we know how to deal with each and every one of them. Yep. And so true. We're cured. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're cured. We're better now and know how to realize when we need help. Right. And, and yeah. we'll always be able to ask for help yeah. when we are in need of help. Yeah. Always. Basically, I mean, I hope this was helpful for some people who were listening, but right. you really don't yeah. know because it can happen all at once or over a really long period of time or never right. or... Very, very gradually. Yep. So, cool. This was productive. Right. <laughs> very. So, I'm Jill. I'm Nicole. And I'm Maida. And we're in partial remission. 